0: of, with all due respect, Strong Opinions on Politics, Life, and Entertainment. Welcome to another episode of With All Due Respect, the podcast that is predicted to finish dead last in the Virginia military games. Greetings, I am Major Benson Renifred Payne, the host of this podcast. With me as always is my main man, my bro who makes the show go, Mr. Van Sanders. Mr. Sanders, the days are getting brighter, the temperatures are getting warmer. Your thoughts, sir? I'm all for it. And The sooner we can get through the mud phase and into the warm, the real warm and the green, I am all about it. I always get excited when I look out the window at 6 p.m. and it is still light out. Just love that. that. That just shows we're turning the corner. Okay, as always, we'd like to thank the Anchorage Daily News for hosting this podcast on their website and remind listeners that the very strong opinions you hear on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way, shape, or form represent the opinions of the Anchorage Daily News or their employees. On this episode of With All Due Respect, in politics, a silent killer has been stalking Alaska for nine consecutive years, and it's time to stop talking about it and start making a plan. Since 2012, Alaska has consistently lost population, and today we have 27,000 fewer working-age adults in Alaska. It's time to stop talking about larger dividends and start talking about how we save Alaska's workforce. In entertainment, I'm going to tell you about the best mob book I have ever read and how I stumbled upon it completely accidentally. And in closing comments, on last week's podcast, we detailed chapter and verse about the long history of fantasy projects that state policymakers have been chasing for decades. Well, today it appears our local mayor has caught the fever for the flavor of white elephant. I'm going to tell you how the pursuit of Ship Creek is not only a fool's errand, but it will harm existing downtown businesses. Don't look now, but all signs point to a new podcast episode. So let's talk some politics. Politics. And now for some politics. politics. In politics, Alaska's silent killer has now stalked us for nine consecutive years. 2021 represents nine years in a row that we have lost population, which is slowly killing our labor force. And the bottom line is it's not getting the attention it needs from policymakers. Today, we have over 14,000 fewer working-age adults in Anchorage and 27,000 fewer working-age adults in the entire state compared to 2010. Just a little bit of background here. There are two segments that comprise our population. The first is net migration. Every year, people move out and move back into Alaska. And the second component is natural increase, where it's births minus deaths. Alaska has traditionally been a very mobile state. While the national average is 2% transient population, Alaska is more like 8%. And up until 2012, there was always a yearly balance. For instance, let's say 50,000 would move out and then 50,000 would move in. And then any small difference between the two was usually made up in new births. However, over the last nine years, Alaska has consistently had more people move out than have moved in, and it's been exacerbated by the fact that average yearly births have dropped from 8,000 to 5,000 during that same time. The end result is Alaska's population is growing older, having fewer children, and we are failing to attract working-age adults as a state. So in the next 10 years, the question is, where does the workforce come from? If we don't change course, we could be short 30,000 workers by 2030. Now, historically, Alaska has been able to attract population due to the counter-cyclical economic cycles. Usually when Alaska's economy is strong, traditionally the lower 48's economy has been weak, which has allowed us to attract new residents searching for employment. However, the current economy in the lower 48 is just as strong, if not stronger, than Alaska's. Workers are in demand everywhere and looking ahead with the passage of the infrastructure legislation from Washington DC with billions in spending heading to every state every state will be competing for workers just like Alaska even governor Mike Dunleavy while campaigning for governor in 2018 was asked about the current outmigration trends and replied quote the wrong people are leaving Alaska well guess what they're still leaving so what's the solution well Instead of talking about big dividends, how about Alaska becomes a leader in child care to help current workers return to the workforce? Look, every community is suffering. From Juneau to Anchorage, the Alaska State Chamber is talking about it. Even recently, the mayor's own Economic Development Task Force reported that child care remains a key killer issue to the workforce. How about investments in communities to attract and keep residents, including a focus on affordable housing? How about investing in the university system to attract new students, as well as a concerted effort to improve education outcomes in K-12? And finally, we need to embrace immigration if we are ever going to repair the workforce. Look, this is too big of a job for Anchorage or any other Alaskan community. The only group that can solve this problem is the governor and the state legislature. For the last three years, Alaska's public policy debate driven by Governor Dunleavy and the legislature has been about budget cuts and bigger dividends. Meanwhile, we have lost population for nine straight years because we failed on the public policies that make Alaska attractive. Alaska is not going to recover our workforce or return to economic glory by paying cash dividends to Alaska. Alaska's economic recovery is going to rest on addressing child care costs and availability, making a long-term commitment to the University of Alaska so we can attract new outside students, leveraging ADA to provide community development opportunities to boost local investments, and realizing that local communities cannot grow and prosper without help from the state. For the last six years, Anchorage has lost its ability to invest in itself, and if you don't believe me, just ask Mayor Dave Bronson. In the last three weeks, Mayor Bronson has shaken his tin cup at the state for money on everything from solving Anchorage's homeless problem to solving its port problem, in addition to hoping Governor Dunleavy will throw in some cash to solve Anchorage's child care problem. This is where Alaskan communities are after five years of state budget cuts. Alaska communities they are just, they're just unable to meet the needs of existing residents, let alone become an attractive destination for new residents. This is not a mystery. For five years, Bill Pop at the Anchorage Economic Development Corporation has been warning us about this impending workforce crisis. And during that same time Alaska's workforce has been contracting, we've been cutting investments in education, transportation, and community support while arguing for a larger cash handout from government. Alaska's silent killer has been stalking us now for nine years, and the reality is the governor and lawmakers are the only ones who have the resources to address this growing problem. If we don't reverse this trends, Alaska's economy will suffer significant harm in the future. Look, I, I know Alaska is just one big Hamilton-Jefferson debate, right? Half of Alaska is like Hamilton. We're all saying, look, we need a plan. And the other half of Alaska is Jefferson saying, look, we don't need a plan. We'll just figure it out as we go along. But let's remember, Hamilton gave us the current-day financial system, while Jefferson, well, he gave us Louisiana. Look, I'm going to take Hamilton on this. Alaska's economy needs a plan, not a larger dividend. A plan that builds the workforce, that builds communities, and recognizes that without comprehensive state investments, we will be left with a less educated workforce and fewer of them. And now, entertainment. In entertainment, I want to tell you about a great book. As a matter of fact, it's the best mob book I have ever read. But in order to tell you about that book, I first need to tell you about how I found that book. Last summer, I was reading a book entitled The Kid Stays in the Picture. It's a 1994 autobiography of Robert Evans, a former Hollywood studio mogul who headed up Paramount Pictures. When Evans was head of the studio, they produced such hits as The Godfather in Chinatown. Well, a third of the way into Evan's story, I was introduced to a mysterious figure who was described as a six-foot-three, ruggedly handsome man, dressed in a dark suit and tie in 110-degree Palm Springs heat without a drop of perspiration. Throughout the book, this cool, mysterious character named Sidney Korshak appeared in time of need to apparently move mountains with just one phone call. This intrigued me. It really intrigued me. So I began to research Korshak and stumbled upon the best mob book I have ever read. The book is called Super Mob, How Sidney Korshak and His Criminal Associates Became America's Biggest Power Brokers. Korshak was born in Chicago, but by the age of 21, he was one of Al Capone's top lawyers. By the early 50s, he moved to California and represented more than 20 companies on the New York Stock Exchange. How powerful! was Sidney Korshak? Well, he was known as the myth from the Racquet Club in Beverly Hills to the 21 Club in New York. How powerful was he, I asked? Well, with a phone call from Korshak, the Teamsters changed management. With a phone call from Korshak, Santa Anita Racetrack would close, Madison Square Garden would stay open, and the Dodgers could suddenly play night baseball a call from Korshak in Vegas would shut down. I am not exaggerating. Here's an example of one phone call made by Sidney Korshak that more than likely touched you. In 1972, a young movie director by the name of Francis Ford Coppola was casting for a movie called The Godfather. For the character of Michael Corleone, Coppola had landed on a young unknown actor named Al Pacino. Unfortunately, Pacino was under contract to a rival studio who refused to give him up. Coppola, pleading with Paramount Pictures, said he would not make The Godfather unless Pacino was made available. So with Paramount Studios backed into a corner, they phoned Sidney Korshak. Within 20 minutes, the head of the rival studio called Evans and, after a few obscenities, said he'd release Pacino to star in The Godfather and the rest is history. Evans would later ask Korshak how he persuaded the rival studio owners to release Pacino, and Korshak replied that the head of the rival studio at that time was constructing the brand new MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. So when Korshak phoned the studio head, he simply asked the man one question, would you like to finish your hotel? The book is called Supermob. How Sidney Korshak and his criminal associates became America's biggest power brokers. It's written by Gus Russo. It checks in at 527 pages. This is a must read. Seriously, this book is crazy good. Politics. Life. Entertainment. In closing comments, Last week on this podcast, we talked about how Alaska's political class had wasted time and money chasing fantasy developments that never materialized. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I regret to inform you that Anchorage City Hall has now caught the fever for a fantasy development. In September, Mayor Dave Bronson created the Anchorage Economic Revitalization Development Committee, a group of 16 business leaders who dedicated 14 weeks at the direction of the mayor to identify economic development projects to jumpstart Anchorage's economy. In addition, as I mentioned earlier, the committee drafted a fabulous report on how action is needed to address the issue of child care in Anchorage. This committee did a fabulous job on this report. It's just great work that both the Assembly and the mayor need to put some action behind. So, after 14 weeks, the committee came up with five recommendations, with the top recommendation chosen by the mayor as... The development of Ship Creek with a new waterfront. Now, I am very familiar with the Ship Creek Redevelopment Plan. First, it's not a plan. It's a wild-eyed concept. Second, it will never be built in our lifetime. In order to explain this better, we need context, which means we need a history lesson. Yo, Van, hit me up one time with a history lesson. A history lesson. In 2013, when the state legislature was spending billions in capital projects, then Anchorage Mayor Dan Sullivan was successful in obtaining a $400,000 grant to do a Ship Creek visioning plan. At that time, I was president of the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce and actually met with the consultants to talk about the project. At the end of the day, the consultants came up with a beautiful $400,000 dream. These dreamy pictures showed a cruise ship docking at a modern dock attached to a glorious waterfront with vibrant retail, residential, and commercial activity. It was accompanied by visions of Anchorage residents cross-country skiing right up to the front door of a Starbucks with stunning inlet views. It was Norman Rockwell at its greatest. But still, it was a $400,000 fantasy paid for by taxpayers. So, given my knowledge of the Ship Creek plan, I was curious as to why the mayor's committee, who was tasked with jumpstarting Anchorage's economy, would have picked a project that won't be built in our lifetime. And oh, by the way, if it ever were to be built, it would simply cannibalize downtown. In reviewing the committee minutes, it's clear the Ship Creek project was added at the very last minute at the 13th meeting. So curious, I asked about what materials the committee members had reviewed in order to make this decision. I was told that the committee was comprised of individuals who possessed various levels of knowledge about Ship Creek and the Ship Creek Plan. Okay, but even if you possessed the smallest amount of knowledge about the Ship Creek Plan, again, why in the world would you recommend this project to jumpstart Anchorage's economy? Allow me to explain. First, the actual site of Ship Creek would be the most expensive land to build on in Anchorage, even if it's permittable and that's highly doubtable. Even the Ship Creek analysis warned that the cost and uncertainty due to extreme topography was a killer. Second, the actual site of the Ship Creek development is land owned by the Alaska Railroad and is home to a working rail yard, which creates extreme conflicts and costly remedies. So if you're a private developer, not only is it going to cost you more money to build at Ship Creek, but you'll never own your own land. Third, this particular Ship Creek plan at this particular time will simply cannibalize downtown. This is a project to consider when Anchorage is growing and the private sector is strong and you have the capacity for growth. Today, the state is losing population, Anchorage is losing population, and the city is already going to Juneau with a tin cup for everything from fixing the pork to childcare to homeless shelters. So, why are we wasting time on this? Ship Creek is not downtown. Ship Creek is not easily accessible from downtown. Even the project's original analysis stated the elevation difference has historically created a barrier for connections between the Ship Creek site and downtown. So why, when downtown faces so many challenges, would we be diverting our attention away on something that would basically compete with downtown? How does a development of retail, multifamily housing, and commercial space in Ship Creek help downtown merchants? It doesn't. And let me tell you, from my experience, downtown merchants are not going to appreciate the competition. For over 20 years, a civil war brewed downtown between the 4th Avenue merchants and the Saturday market. For over 20 years, Fourth Avenue merchants complained that the Saturday market was taking and keeping tourists away from their shops and the market was located only one block away. Now, imagine how Fourth Avenue merchants will feel losing tourists to Ship Creek retail shops over a mile away. In order to understand all of this, it's important to understand what has kept downtown Anchorage stagnant for so long and continues to stymie progress. When, when I first started washing cars downtown, it was 1981. Pipeline money, oil money was flowing through this city. I can remember on Saturday afternoon at the corner of 5th and B washing cars and there would be parades of prostitutes walking around the block all day. I remember we'd get propositioned quite a few times. They'd be like, hey, you looking for a date? And, of course, the standard reply was no, but we're looking for people to help us wash this Ford Granada here, ladies. So grab a brush. (laughs) Okay, moving on. First, downtown is comprised of small city lots. They're owned by individuals, which makes it difficult for developers to find a big enough piece of property to make money developing. Anchorage city lots are only 7,000 square feet, so if a developer can't piece together three or four lots, it doesn't pencil out. A good example is the Nordstrom Building in downtown. That sits on five different city lots owned by three separate entities. Now imagine trying to redevelop that with three separate owners. Downtown also has really, really old infrastructure, and in many cases, new developments have to pay the cost of upgrading old infrastructure like water and sewer, which makes already expensive investments much more expensive. Downtown is split by two federal highways. Both 5th and 6th Avenue are federal highways, and it's impossible to have a real downtown retail feel when there are three lanes of cars whizzing by at 35 miles per hour. I mean, look at the difference between 4th Avenue and 5th Avenue. 4th Avenue is two lanes, it's more walkable, and it's more retail friendly. But the biggest challenge for downtown is that few live downtown. Without a population base, downtown is almost exclusively a destination. You might go to the PAC, you might go to your office downtown, you might go to downtown restaurants, you might go to downtown community events, but when they're over, you go home. When offices shut down at 5 p.m., basically downtown shuts down at 5 p.m. And this creates real challenge for downtown merchants who are predominantly small, independent businesses who don't have the benefit of downtown residents on the street after 5 p.m. A few years ago, I was speaking with a Walgreens executive about opening a store in downtown. He said simply, we didn't have enough feet on the street. Normal cities require at least 15,000 downtown residents to attract a grocery store or pharmacy, and currently Anchorage has less than 3,000 residents living in the downtown area. In response to that, for the previous six years under both the Berkowitz and the Davidson administration, we focused on building housing downtown and getting more feet on the street. Those efforts resulted in the first two new housing developments at downtown Anchorage in 40 years. So why now, under Mayor Bronson, are we taking focus away from Anchorage needs, which is more people living downtown, and shifting our focus to Ship Creek, which will never be built in our lifetime? Why are we taking focus away from improving the core of downtown and supporting current downtown merchants and current property taxpayers to chasing unicorns in the Ship Creek mudflats? Look, I get the dream is always sexier than the reality, but once again, we live in reality. The committee could have landed on any number of ideas to strengthen downtown and jumpstart the economy, especially now with the so-called stars aligned. For the first time in a decade, you have a Republican mayor and a Republican governor who helped him get elected. Now they should be able to accomplish things that others failed to get traction. How about pushing ADA for development incentives to increase downtown housing and affordable housing? How about pushing the DOT to work with local groups to adopt traffic calming on 5th Avenue and 6th Avenue that will slow traffic, increase on-street parking, and provide a better retail environment? How about pushing DOT to use some of that infrastructure money to upgrade sidewalks on 5th and 6th Avenue that are the responsibility of the state of Alaska, but yet they've ignored for years? There are so many needs in downtown Anchorage, and meeting them takes so long. Look, ladies and gentlemen, it takes so long to get anything done downtown. In 2015, I was on the job for only three months when I had an opportunity to sit with, with Larry Cash, who is an absolute downtown legend. I remember on a dark October morning over six years ago, we sat at our corner table at Calati's downtown, and I pointed across the street to the transit center in all of its misery, and I said to Larry, we're going to fix that building, and we're going to fix it now. Six years later, the effort to fix that building in the hotel that's proposed is still underway. Getting things done downtown takes a lot of time, especially in a boom-and-bust economy like Alaska. That's why consistency is so important. That's why focus is so important. Many of you have either heard or seen about Oklahoma City's amazing downtown revitalization story. Between 1990 and 1995, Oklahoma City suffered two major setbacks that forced themselves to look in the mirror and rethink their commitment to their city. First, in the early 90s, Oklahoma City was publicly embarrassed when United Airlines chose not to relocate its new headquarters there after United Airlines employees called the city a dead end. Second, in 1995, the city was rocked by the bombing of their federal building, which left the community soul-searching. In response, the city made a commitment to invest in itself. The public approved a 1% sales tax that would be used to boost economic development downtown. For the last 25 years, mayors of Oklahoma City, Republican and Democrat, have taken pride in improving the work the previous mayor had accomplished. For the last 25 years, their consistency, their focus, their commitment to the city has created a world-class downtown. That's what Anchorage Downtown has always needed, a consistent focus from mayor after mayor, but unfortunately, we've never had that. Instead, we've had a succession of mayors for the last 25 years who have been both hot and cold about downtown. Starting in 1994, former Mayor Rick Meisrum was an absolute downtown champion. He helped create the Anchorage Downtown Partnership and created the City of Lights. Then you had three years of Mayor George Wirch, who was basically indifferent towards downtown. Then we had Mayor Mark Begich, who for six years was a downtown champion, built a new convention center, implemented new downtown street improvements. Then we had Mayor Dan Sullivan, who presided over the longest six years in downtown history. Bar break violence, riots in the street, gangs in town square. Ironically, the only thing Sullivan did for downtown was spend $400,000 on a fantasy of downtown instead of trying to fix the real one. Then, for the last six years, we've had Mayor Ethan Berkowitz and Mayor Austin Quinn Davis, both who have championed downtown, as a result delivered the first new downtown housing in decades and returned the police headquarters back downtown. Today, we have Mayor Dave Bronson, and he appears to be picking up where Mayor Dan Sullivan left off, ignoring the real needs of downtown businesses and instead chasing unicorns on the Ship Creek mudflats. Any focus on Ship Creek is a fool's errand, and it takes away from the focus of the downtown core, where small business owners are paying property taxes with the hope of getting a more vibrant downtown, not subsidizing a Ship Creek fantasy. And there is the music, ladies and gentlemen. You know what that means. Our time is up. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Van, how about throwing us your website details? If you go to abodabobrand.com, that's A-B-O-D-A-B-O-B-R-A-N-D.com, that's my website. You can see some of my past work. You can see an app that I made that's ultra dorky. And you can reach out to me with the contact form at the bottom abodabobrand.com. And that is our time, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, we thank you for yours.